Today is Tuesday, August 22, 2017, and there hasn't been any movement on my divorce front, but there has been a lot of family updates come up. We dropped our daughter off at Texas A&M University this past Sunday, the big move-in day. Uh, She is now officially an Aggie living on campus. And that was exciting and traumatic and bittersweet, of course, uh, as expected. But overall, it went went really well, surprisingly well. And I didn't even cry. I didn't really have time to. (laughs) So we, um, we drove up there in two cars. Our daughter drove her truck, which was packed with all of her things, her refrigerator, microwave, clothes, everything she would need, her microscope, um, all of those things. And my daughter and son rode in her truck uh, to A&M and Mike and I took my car. So we rode together all the way there and had pleasant conversation all the way. Um, Mostly we talked about our daughter and um, just the details of her being at A&M and some of the logistics and our expectations and that kind of thing. We didn't really get deep into anything, you know, and we kept it pretty benign conversation. My daughter plans to go see Coldplay this Friday night in Houston. She's going with her dad. He bought them tickets to see Coldplay. That's one of her bucket list items. She loves that musical group. And so, as I understand, Friday night... Uh, they're going to meet in Houston at the hotel and go to the concert. And Mike also bought our son a ticket, but he's pitching quite a fit because he hates Coldplay and does not want to be forced to go. So I don't know how this is going to play out, but um, many times I have forced my son to go to events with me, mostly the Austin Ballet and Symphony, which I'm sure I'll never hear the end of as long as I live. But Anyway, that's happening. Um, But on Sunday, we drove there, and it was 100 degrees as we were making multiple trips from uh, her truck into the dorm. She's on the second floor of a dorm. There's no elevators, and, you know, it's pretty sparse. It's what you would expect a dorm room to be. And so we got her bed set up and uh, dropped everything off, and then we went out to lunch. Tori picked um, IHOP. I would have preferred to go to like a local eatery someplace that's not a chain, but I did not want to press my influence too hard because I'm told all the time that I'm too controlling. So we went to IHOP and it was terrible food, (laughs) but uh, the kids were really happy and it it went just fine and there were no complaints. Um, Anyway, then when we got back to her room, uh, she really rushed us off. I wanted to stay and help her set everything up. And I did insist that we lift the mattress frame up higher so she could put um, use underneath the bed for storage as her roommate had done. But then she didn't want us staying while she set up her room or anything. And I, I really wanted to stay. And I think part of the reason that she didn't want us to stay was that clearly her roommate... Uh, was 
emotional and upset about her parents leaving. She was crying and I think Tori felt like it was maybe embarrassing for her or whatever. And so she rushed us off. So I felt kind of gypped. I, I wanted to do the, you know, photos like I see all these parents doing on Facebook, you know, a picture of their kid with their college dorm room all set up. So I didn't get to do that. But um, I did get to meet the family of uh, our daughter's roommate. And also, I would have liked to have spent some time getting to know them a little bit. I mean, even even five minutes of conversation uh, I would have appreciated. I mean, our daughters are going to be living together. They are, their, their family is from Pflugerville, which is a town near us. And I think it just would have been a nice, cordial thing to get to know the other family. But um, I wasn't given that opportunity. And I tried not to, you know, be overly present in the whole thing because Tori is so independent and any suggestions I made during the day were quickly shut down or met with eye rolling because I'm just the mother you know like for example we were signing into the dorm and they were giving Tori her key and everything and they told her if she lost her dorm room key there's a hundred dollar fine well you know guess who's going to pay that the parents so I just said to her, Hey, you know, where, where are you going to keep that key? And she's like, don't worry. I'm going to, I'm not going to lose it. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm her mother. Of course, I'm going to ask questions like that, but, um, I wish that Tori was a little more understanding. So, uh, after we left on Sunday, you know, she immediately turned off her location services on her iPhone and, she is not answering text messages. I mean, it's only Tuesday and we dropped her off on Sunday, but she reminded us that she wanted a break from her family. And, but I texted her the very next morning and just said, Hey, I'm not gonna, you know, bug you with text messages. Just want to make sure your first night was okay. And that your roommate's okay. And nope, radio silence. I get nothing. Um, which I think is a little inconsiderate. I mean, I understand she wants to make a break from her family and this is her first taste of freedom. But I think what a person like her doesn't understand is just how difficult it is for parents to drop their kid off at college and leave. And, you know, it's a sea change. It's a, it's a huge lifestyle change. It's, it's very frightening for parents. And, um, I think that she should just text me back and say, mom, I'm fine. If I have any problems, I'll let you know, you know, just, and I don't plan to bug her. Uh, but I did insist that we have a once a week phone call and, uh, that's been met with resistance. Also, she rolled her eyes and said she would get back to me. And I said, no, we're going to have a once a week phone call. That was actually recommended to us by the university to plan a weekly phone call. So the parents would know when, when they could expect to hear from their kids and where they could catch up so that I'm not constantly calling her or worried about, you know, what she's doing. Having a regular weekly call, I think, is completely reasonable, but she thinks that's overbearing. Sorry, I, you know, I'm the one paying the tuition bill so she can talk to me on the phone for five minutes once a week. So I set up a call. I told her, I said, I want to talk to you every Sunday. Anytime 
between 3 and 7 p.m. I said, you can pick. I will just make sure that I'm available to the phone. And um, you call me when it's convenient for you. We'll just talk a few minutes. But I want to talk on a weekly basis. So if she doesn't adhere to that, I'm going to be upset with her. uh, Because I need that. You know, I understand she doesn't need to talk to me. I understand that she doesn't get homesick and she's independent and all of those things and wants to be left alone. But um, I'm still her mother and I want to hear how she's doing. And I'm, you know, thinking about her all the time. So the other thing is, you know, I, I worry about my son. He, uh, he was born when our daughter had just turned three years old and he has been glued to her side. I mean, literally his whole life. Uh, I think that she is his best friend and they ride together everywhere in her truck and they hang out all the time. And, um, I think he's going to miss her a lot more than he realizes. So I hope it's a smooth transition for him. I don't know if he's hearing from Tori at all, but I'll ask him later when I see him. So this is all uh, new groundbreaking territory for us. Um, scary and exciting. I just wish that my daughter would just be a little bit more considerate and just let me know she's doing okay. I'm a worrier and she knows that. I love her very much and want her to be happy. And she's only an hour and a half away, maybe an hour 45 minutes away. So um, she's not that far away. I remind myself of that. I'm very thankful that I don't have to get on an airplane or drive, you know, 20 hours to go see her. We're very fortunate that she got accepted into her first choice college and that it's, that we live close by. It's amazing. So, um, she's going to be an agriculture school of agriculture major. And that's definitely her dream. So she's making it happen. She's worked hard to get there and she's had a lot of support in doing so. I think I get her first tuition bill today (laughs) or tomorrow. Uh, so I'm sure this is going to be kind of shocking, but And I had a telephone interview last week that went really well. I think it went really well. It was with Dell Computer, and um, the recruiter said she enjoyed our phone call and that she's moved me forward in the process. And so um, today I should hear something as to whether I will move on to the next round of interviews, which should be in person. Um, I'm optimistic, but... Um, I would find it hard to believe that the Dell couldn't find somebody way more qualified than me, um, who would like to work there, but I, I would do anything to have that job. Um, it would be amazing. The salary is fantastic. I could support myself. I could contribute to my family. I could help pay for our daughter's college and expenses and all the burden would not be on Mike. And that's what I prefer. I can't really contribute at 36,000 a year, which is what I make. I can't do a whole lot except pay for my own house. Um, and Mike pays for everything else. I want a good job. And I know I've been whining about this for year after year, but, um, I hear about other people getting these great 60, 70, $80,000 a year jobs. And I think, why, why can't I do that also? I don't, sometimes I feel like that I'm cursed or that there's this, I've 
for some reason there's this conspiracy not to hire me. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but when I get turned down again and again and again for jobs, I wonder, what am I doing wrong? And I, I did a job interview with another PR company. They're based in um, England and they're opening an office here in Austin. And this interview was set up by a recruiter for them, a um, headhunter. And afterward, he called me and he said, well, I've got some feedback from my client about your interview. I said, lay it on me. Give me the, give me the truth. I want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly because I need to know what I'm doing wrong in interviews. And he said, Lisa, they loved you. They said that your, your, your interview was great, that you said all the right things and that you sound, you, uh, I sounded confident and capable. And they even liked the fact that I had taken the initiative prior to the interview to rewriting a section of their website that was terrible. Their About Us page was written horribly. I, I It was not in the right style and voice and wasn't pyramid writing the way it ought to be. And it was pretty lame. So I rewrote it um, and sent it to them after the interview just to just... I said, I'm just going to, they knew their website was terrible. We talked about it during the interview. I said, let's talk about your website. And they were like, oh, we know it's so bad. It's so bad. And I said, well, it's not so bad, but it, it could definitely be improved. And I said, I took the initiative to rewrite your about us page. I'd like to send it to you just so you can, you know, have a look at something I could do for you, you know, with the writing. And, and they were impressed by that. And they told the recruiter, they thought that was cool. And I, you know, I went back and looked at their about us page and they haven't changed a thing. And it, but, um, anyway, I just was trying to show initiative. I was trying to demonstrate my writing ability and they, they seemed to like it. They did not have negative feelings about it. I realized I was taking quite a risk by doing that. Um, but the recruiter said it was all cool. So I get feedback frequently that my interviews are going well, but I never land the job. In fact, Adele, my friend who works there, he's pretty high up in the chain of command, went to the um, HR person who, who interviewed me and she said I did really well uh, on the phone interview and that she liked me and, and so, but they had a lot of candidates apply for the job. So I'm not bombing the interviews. Um, and I asked the headhunter guy from the other company, I said, you know, why do you think I'm not getting hired? If I'm, if I'm not botching the interview, you know, what's, what's the problem? And he said, a lot of times companies just have a very narrow idea of exactly the person they want to hire, whether it's background experience or what kind of degree or age or whatever. And they're just picking other people. And I've applied for many, many teaching jobs, uh, all kinds from first grade all the way through high school. And if one more person tells me that there is a shortage of teachers, my head is going to explode. There is not a shortage of teachers. It is absurd. These teaching jobs that I apply to are filled in one day. And every time I hear that there's a teaching shortage in Texas, I want to go, who is lying to you? That is a lie. It is not true. There are teachers looking for jobs constantly. So, and then I hear about, oh, the, the school district has to go overseas to find teachers. 
That is such bullshit. I, I, oh my gosh. I don't know who started that myth, but it is a complete lie. Anyway, those are the updates for now. Hopefully someday my divorce will be complete and I will be able to support myself. That's what I want this year. I want a divorce and I want a job. Those are the two goals that I have for this year. And my gosh, it's already almost September. So am I going to get either of those things in 2017? Who knows? 